everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation to share their secrets of thriving while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. All right, here we go. Hello, everyone. I'm Nancy, the founder and president of Invisible Entrepreneurs. One out of every two adult Americans lives with at least one chronic illness, often called a hidden illness. The disability community is the largest minority in the world. Yet, instead of feeling included and wrapped in camaraderie, most of us feel alone, unvalued, and unworthy. We need doctors who understand us and colleagues and family members who believe us when we tell them something about our health. Just knowing the simple fact that we are not alone and still have much to offer can be life-changing. In this podcast, we share tips and strategies, knowledge and support. In other words, hope for those who are looking for resources to help them maintain a thriving, successful life and business. It's always good to know that there are others out there that have dealt with similar challenges. And our guest today is going to share with us their history and what they've learned along the way. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what brought you here. All right. Um, So my name is Valerie and I have lived with osteoarthritis for over 20 years. I was 27 when I was diagnosed. I um, was just getting into uh, hiking at that time. I was, um, you know, turning into an avid hiker. I had some joint pain in my knees and I went to my doctor and my doctor did x-rays and I can, you know, remember her just looking at the x-rays and looking at me and telling me, really giving me no other advice, except I think you should just put your feet up and relax, which wasn't acceptable to me at that time. So I, I pretty much rejected that advice. And since then I've been on a, you know, a mission first for myself to keep doing what I wanted to, to do, to keep pursuing my dreams. But now I also help other women who have osteoarthritis, you know, gain the knowledge and adopt the lifestyle that they need to pursue their dreams and to live their best active life. Sounds wonderful. I know, geez, it had to have been 2005, 2004. I was climbing rocks in um, a state park in Kentucky over the Christmas holidays with a friend. And dumb me, here's this rock here that's got this big hole in the middle of it. And this friend's little daughter would crawl up into this hole and sit there and just think it was so cold. So of course I said, oh, I want to see that. I'm on top of the rock. I look down (laughs) to see if I can see the hole. And it was slippery. And I just went right on over, landed on the back of my head in my body, in the back of my body. It knocked me out. When I came to, I'm oh, geez, I'm in so much pain. My friend gets me to, and not even an ER, but one of those um, treatment, you know, open urgent care treatment centers. They took x-rays and they said, do you realize you have osteoarthritis in your back very badly? And I went, well, I didn't, but I do now, (laughs) you know? 
And that was all they said. They said, well, when you get back home to Michigan, or this was, I was living in Virginia. When you get back home to Virginia, have your doctors check it out for you. I can't move the whole rest of the trip back up to DC. I couldn't move. My back was in so much pain and agony. And really that's the only time anybody has ever said anything to me about having osteoarthritis. Uh But lately my back has just been, I can't stand for more than two minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. So I know it's rearing its ugly head and it's not fun, you know, so talk to us about it. Tell us about some of the things you've gone through, some of the treatments, you know, the things you share with other people. Okay. Well, I'll, I will say that um, I have been pretty successful at maintaining my active lifestyle. I do continue to hike to this day and I picked up rock climbing along the way. And when I started rock climbing, I did have a slip and a fall too. I fell like 20 feet and fractured my ankle. So that I also have arthritis there in my ankle now because of that. And I've definitely hit some bumps along the way. Um, in fact, I was just talking to my, my group about, about five years ago when I was in a, a state of uh, desperation, when I was, my knees were hurting pretty badly. And I went to three different types of doctors. And of course, you know, all they offer is injections, um, different procedures. Um, I did have stem cells done, which didn't really, you know, it did help somewhat, not completely. But, you know, I've learned and I've done a lot of research on my own. I have a master's in nursing. So I pretty much took this master's in nursing and put it to work for myself and dove into the scientific research that's available, uh, evaluated the research and discovered that uh, diet is a very important part of controlling inflammation. So first of all, right, the old adage is osteoarthritis is wear and tear. And we still see that all over the internet. Osteoarthritis, it's, it's an inevitable part of aging. It's just do the wear and tear. You know, those are all, all part of the myths surrounding osteoarthritis. It is not a wear and tear disease. It is um, inflammation. Inflammation plays a major role in the development and the progression of osteoarthritis. So it's a different type of inflammation than the autoimmune Arthritis like um, like rheumatoid arthritis or Shrogan's or those sort of arthritis, but it still is inflammation that is causing the joint damage. And if we can lower our uh, systemic inflammation through diet, through uh, weight loss, through stress management, so all those things can improve arthritis symptoms. There's actually an improvement in X-rays. Um, with people who adopt a lifestyle that uh, fights inflammation instead of feeds it. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And, and I know I've got so many of the autoimmune and the chronic and they're all inflammation, inflammation, but for whatever reason, my doctors have never really picked up on the arthritis aspect of it. So, you know, it just really hasn't come into my mind, but now it is. And I'm starting to look in general at diet and at different ways of eating, because it seems like 
my Crohn's, my RSD, my arthritis, all of the different things I have, research says that, you know, change your diet. My uh, one, my gastro at one point put me on a low FODMAP diet, which is basically nothing to eat but protein, but meat. And I love my meat, but that didn't seem to help at all. And I'm really leery of all of these diets, the paleo diet, the this diet, the that diet. I'm, I'm leery of all of them because, you know, so many people say, oh, if you do this, you're going to become 100% better. And I don't totally believe that. It might help some people, but I don't think it helps everyone. So can you give us some thoughts on just general, what makes sense in a diet for somebody who has arthritis? Yes. So, you know, it's very simple. And I agree with you. There's a lot of crazy diets out there. (laughs) When you follow some of these, there's really nothing left to eat. Um, You know, very restrictive. And I think a lot of them you're phasing out really important nutrients that are anti-inflammatory when you, when you adopt any of these, of the crazier diets, I, I take a much, um, well, it's, first of all, it is based on what the science um, says, and it's a lot more lenient than a lot of the other diets. So, um, you know, first of all, it's really important to get a lot of vegetables and try to get five servings of vegetables a day and two to three fruits. Um, I've just cut that down to just two fruits a day, but um, cause I'm just, I'm trying to lose a little bit more weight here. Um, I have goals, but goals so, are important. <laughs> yes. Five, um, five vegetables a day and at least what kind of vegetables. Fruits. Are there some that really, are better than others? You know, there are like your super fruits and your super vegetables, your super foods, but really you can't go wrong with any vegetable. Um, it's really good idea to get a mixture in. So, you know, don't, they're not going to be, it's all, not going to be all just five servings of kale. It's going to be like, for example, for breakfast, maybe some sweet potato and some beets, maybe throw in the beet greens. Don't throw away those beet greens. Those beet greens are good for you. Um, And then for lunch, you know, lettuce and peppers and tomatoes, you know, really mix it up, get the rainbow in. Cause those are, you know, the rainbows, the rainbow, the colors are uh, phytochemicals in the, in the fruit, in the vegetables that are anti-inflammatory. You want to get a variety in. So make sure you're getting your greens, make sure you're getting your purple vegetables, your orange vegetables, you know, those have beta carotene, all that. It's very um, anti-inflammatory. A lot of places you'll see people eliminate nightshades, which are supposed to cause inflammation. You know, that's a very small percentage of the population that nightshades cause inflammation. So, you know, if you do notice that you're sensitive to nightshades and you might just be sensitive to one nightshade, so just one vegetable, then, you know, by all means, exclude that from your diet. But most people are not gonna be sensitive to nightshades. And if they eliminate that vegetable group, which it's it's large, it's tomatoes, it's peppers, it's, um, eggplant, um, several others. All the ones I love. (laughs) Yeah. If you eliminate them, you're also eliminating a lot of really good nutrients and anti-inflammatory phytochemicals. So definitely 
it's it definitely isn't somewhere to start. You see a lot of people say start with the, the nightshades. No, don't start with the nightshades. You know, start with um, limiting your saturated fat. So fat saturated fat should be um, less than 15 grams a day. So try that, uh, eliminating trans fat. You know, trans fat is artificially made fats that food manufacturers found out that if they add hydrogen to these fats, it increases um, shelf life, but they're very bad. And I know we've heard this about um, heart disease, that it's really bad for heart disease, but it's also very bad if you have osteoarthritis or probably any inflammatory condition because it really causes inflammation to spike. Um, you also want to stay away from uh, processed or preserved meats. And this includes the all natural varieties or the nitrate free varieties, because it's not the chemicals that they're adding, it's the chemical reaction that happens when they preserve meat. So in the all natural like the Applegate, you know, they'll say nitrate free, all natural bacon or whatever, but they still use celery juice and it still produces the same chemical reaction that creates the chemicals that are not only pro-inflammatory, but are also um, cancer causing. So those are, are good ones to, you know, stay away from, or at least you really want to limit them and just save them for uh, special occasions. Someone I was talking to a week ago on, on the podcast was talking about how she has eliminated everything except like free range. She doesn't eat anything that has eaten corn or soy or any of those. And I'm going, and she lives out in the middle of Montana in the middle of a, you know, a 200 person town. How does she find these things? <laughs> you know, yeah. does, does it make sense to look for um, like the fruit and vegetable markets, the the homegrown varieties of, of farm, or does that get you into trouble too? So, um, well, like, are you talking about meat or vegetables? I'm talking or? about just when you buy your groceries, what, so like what organic you put in your versus, body. Yeah. So, you know, prices are high right now, right? And organic food is even higher. Um, you know, you can look up, um, there's the dirty dozen and the clean 15. So I pretty much, if it's on the dirty dozen and those are foods that they've tested and they're high in pesticides, um, I tend to try and buy organic on those, but you know, with inflation right now, if it's still, it's still better to eat the, um, the vegetable than avoid a vegetable if, if you can't buy organic. So buy organic when you can, if it's on the clean 15. So a couple examples of vegetables on the clean 15, I'm sorry, the dirty dozen, um, grapes, strawberries, oh, no. berries. I know, but they're so good for you at the same time. Yeah. I compromise and I'm not buying because that's one of the things I've noticed that the prices have gone up are the fresh strawberries and the fresh blueberries. I buy frozen. So I buy organic frozen strawberries and organic um, frozen blueberries. I have either one or the other every day because they are very anti-inflammatory. And it's so much easier though, just pull the bag, bag out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just pull out the bag. I, I portion it out four portions at a time, put it in the fridge. So it's defrosted for my, um, it's my snack after dinner, my berries and my yogurt. 
Yep. I, that's um, what I do is my yogurt with the berries on top. And, yep. and I try to eat Greek yogurt as opposed to just regular yogurt. Yes, so. me too. For the pro because protein is very important if you're um, if you have osteoarthritis, because you want to build your muscles up to support your joints. So um, it's important to get enough protein. Um, it, you know, almost the amount of protein that an athlete would get. Yeah. Treat yourself like an athlete because you are training to fight arthritis. It's interesting. What about the other thing that everybody talks about and we hear about is, oh, you've got to exercise. I look at them and I say, I've got a lot of other reasons I can't exercise. But just thinking about exercising when my back hurts so bad and I can't, you know, I'm, I'm this and that and I can't sit for two minutes and I can't stand and I can't th- how do you, how do you do your rock climbing and your hiking and, you know, what kinds of exercises should someone start out with to get to So that? movement is very important when you have osteoarthritis. It's very important to move every day. Um, you know, you should be following the guidelines, 150 minutes of like a, an aerobic exercise every week and also some strengthening two or three times a week. Um, it's important to move the joints, um, you know, moving that, moving your joints is what uh, washes the synovial fluid over your joint and um, removes the uh, inflammatory waste products out of there. It also moves in those in anti-inflammatory nutrients. So it's very important. It's also important to strengthen the joint, the muscles so that your joint is supported. Um, I walk every day and like last week I did a, it was a big goal of mine. I'm so happy I got it done this year because I'm in Las Vegas and I climb out at Red Rock, but it gets to hundred degrees there or more in the summer. And we got a cool day for Memorial day. And I, there was this thousand foot rock climb that I've been wanting to do. And we, we got it. I was so happy to do it. And it was a thousand foot of, you know, vertical rock climbing with ropes and everything. And then um, you get to the top and then we went around. I tagged on the extra 300 feet to get the summit, to get to the summit of the formation and then the descent and only about 250, it was 1800 feet to get back out to the car. So the descent is usually the most stressful part of the day for me Mm -hmm. and only 300 feet of that was repelling. So most of it was, you know, going downhill, walking downhill. And, you know, the next day I I woke up and especially my ankle, it's what gets it the most right now. Um, My ankle was sore. I was definitely limping. Um, You know, my significant other um, saw my my limping and I'm getting ready to go for my walk. And he said, maybe you shouldn't walk today and rest your ankle. And I was like, eh, wrong answer. You know, even though it hurt, I still got out for the walk. And after about a quarter to a half a mile, it starts to loosen up. It starts to feel better. You know, you're, you're moving, you're getting the circulation going, you're moving the joint, you're moving that synovial fluid you're relieving that stiffness. And, you know, by the time I got back, I, and I can't stress enough because I used to rest and not, and say, I'm not going to walk today because my ankle is sore and the ankle would be sore all day. And that doesn't happen when I, when I get out and get that walk in it. 
Well, and you know, it's really definitely helps. Yeah. When I first got fibro, this is true for a lot of the things that a lot of us have. When I first had my fibro years and years ago, the doctor told me, you got to get out and walk. You got to exercise. And I looked at him like, are you absolutely nuts? I can't, you know, I can't bend over and touch my toes. How am I, how am I going to walk? But he says, it's going to hurt until you really get, you know, into it and you just have to keep doing it. Don't do it so much that you truly hurt your body. Yeah. Um, There's a difference between, I think, hurting and hurting your body. And um, he says, just, you know, if you start out at 25 feet (laughs) or or whatever, Mm -hmm. yeah, just do what you can until you're, you're doing it. And by the time I moved from Virginia to Michigan, which was probably a year, I was walking two miles a day and I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so great. And then unfortunately I was in my car accident and yeah. got the complex regional pain syndrome and I can't stand anymore, let alone I'm, I'm in the wheelchair now. So that's out. But I think for anybody that's listening that, you know, has one of these disabilities, one of these illnesses, if you can, and if your doctor says you should, then I think it might be good to try because I know for myself, it really, mm-hmm. once I started doing it, it really helped a yeah. lot. And I got rid of my fiber for a while. And you don't have to start out crazy. And I think, and I think the fitness industry does a, a big in service here, a disservice, sorry, because when you look on social media, you see like, you know, people are sweating and grunting and running and, and inner high, inner high intensity intervals. And those are all great. That's all great. But that isn't all exercise. Exercise can just be, you know, just, you know, moving your legs a little bit, doing a little side tap with your feet or, you know, rocking back and up on your feet and on your heels or, a, you know, a walk. It can be to the end of your street, to the end of your driveway, if that's where you need to start, you know, start somewhere, start small. And um, I just uh, did a video a couple of weeks ago. I'm not by any means a, a group exercise instructor. So but I did do a video a couple weeks ago in my Facebook group about um, just beginner, really easy exercise. And half of them are in the chair and the other half are holding on to the chair, right? Because people need to start somewhere. And I, I think a big, um, you know, danger with people like if, out in, um, in the United Kingdom, Great Britain, they just, the new recommendations just came out and they're pushing people who have arthritis, osteoarthritis to exercise. And, you know, you get all the, you see all the grumbling about that. Um, And it is kind of, it it is kind of, um, I did kind of cringe because people are going to start and they're going to start trying to do the 30 minutes day one. And if, if you have osteoarthritis, you can't start like that. You need to start small. You need to start with what you can tolerate and you need to build from there. But starting out with that, you know, if you think you need to run 
the first day, 30 minutes or, or do, you know, beach body type aerobics, uh, that that's going to set you back. It is going to cause pain. So you need to start where I, I always say, you know, go to how far until you feel pain and then dial that back just a little bit and do that, start doing that much and do that much for a couple of weeks and then increase. Yeah. And, and I think at least for me, one of the things that I enjoyed, it really became almost a meditational time for me. I put my earbuds in, I was listening to, you know, podcasts or listening to music and I had a, the place where I walked was an old civil war encampment that had really cool things, but it was basically just this walking trail in the middle of the woods. Now you'd see the old Ford over here and things like that, but you'd go around twice the, the walkway and you'd get your two miles. in. And I would just every afternoon when the sun was shining, I'd put on my earbuds, I'd start walking. The sun would filter through the trees. It would shine on those old buildings. And, you know, I just felt so peaceful and relaxed. And I stop and think, wow, I've not only been around this twice, I've been around it three times. I've walked, you know, three times. (laughs) And I would be tired when I went home, but and I was hurting, but it was a different kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a good hurt because my yes. muscles were saying, oh, I've done something. And I really miss that now. <laughs> so what else can you tell us about things we should know for people with osteoarthritis? Um, so also just um, getting movement in during the day, um, you know, try to break up sitting right a lot of us had desk jobs um you know i'm here working from home it was funny is just before um i was about to click on here to join you today it was um i was scheduled to start here at 11 and it was 10 58 and i was said um i have a bathroom right pointing nope that's the right way i have a bathroom right here um it's the next door and but I usually walk all the way into the master bedroom and use that bathroom because it's a few a few more steps. So I said, "Oh, you only have two minutes. You're going to have to use the close bathroom." And I said, "No, you need to walk the further because you know when I've been sitting for a while, I will get up and I will be stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important every um, you know really every thirty minutes to get up and uh, move. Um, I can pull." this out. I have, I love this. I have this underneath my desk. So this is just an example. It's a little, it wobbles so I can put my feet on it and move. So I am moving my ankles. I'm moving my knees um, while I'm sitting here at my desk, Um, you know, different stuff like that, you know, break up your day so that you're getting some movement in throughout the day. Um, Even if it's just, you know, you take, if you're working from home, you take 10 minutes to clean up your kitchen, you know, instead of doing it all at once, break it up. So you're, you're scattering that movement out throughout the day. I, I think that's very important. Uh, also with um, us and I remind me because I'm going for my water. Hydration is very important. If you have osteoarthritis, our cartilage is 80% water, 
80%. So it's mostly by wet weight. It is 80% cartilage, 80% water. And then also the synovial fluid, which is the thick fluid that lubricates our joints is mostly water. And if your body starts to get dehydrated and your vital organs need water, it's going to take from the water, the, the, yeah, the less they can, our body, I guess, considers our joints to be less vital. I don't, but no, well, but and you know, that's interesting too. I've, I've got a huge, I think it's like, I'm not sure what it is. It's like 60 ounces in one of these things. And if I fill it up, I drink constantly. I usually go through three of these in a day. Oh, wow, so I'm great. definitely drinking my water. But what I try to do is fill it up halfway. And so then when, when I've drank that halfway point, then I have to get up go out to the kitchen, fill it up with more ice, fill it up with more water. And then I've got another, you know, another drink for another half hour or so to go. So that's, that's doing two things. It's getting me my water and it's getting me moving and, and active again. So yeah. that's a really good. And then people joke, the more water you drink, the more often you're going to have to get up and walk to the bathroom too. Well, I do that too. <laughs> That happens too. Yes. <laughs> so, well, we are almost out of time. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to share? Are you doing something special right now that you'd like the audience to hear about? Um, so I'm getting very close. So I'm, I'm building a uh, osteoarthritis self-management program for women. I'm starting out with women um, you know, and I, I'm doing that because women, I think, have special emotional needs that are different than men. And emotions are a very big part of managing osteoarthritis, uh, the um, stress and stuff like that. And then, you know, yesterday I'm, I'm diving into the feminine wound, which is very interesting, which kind of put women in this kind of constant fight or flight Um that that fight or flight is uh, increases inflammation. So I'm going into that, but I'm gonna have the, um, that program will be launching pretty soon. For right now, I, I do have an Instagram account. It's um, at Arthritis Health Coach, where I share a lot of information there. And then I also have a, a, face, a free Facebook group where every week I do a live video. Um, I know this probably isn't gonna be aired at the time, but, but this week I, it's about emotional eating mm. and how emotional eating can um, feed joint pain. <laughs> yeah. I think that was me huge. Um, yeah. Really. I had all the knowledge in my head, how to eat, but I still couldn't eat in the way I wanted to because of emotional eating. Oh, so yeah. I, I think that's a, probably a big part of a lot of people's battle with osteoarthritis and, you know, eating, in a way that supports their health is the emotional aspect of eating because a doctor can throw a diet at you and say, this is how you want to eat, or anyone can tell you eat this, but actually putting it into practice is the hard part. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And, you know, if it's not something that you enjoy, we, we enjoy eating, you know, yes. and if it's just something that we've got to do to sustain our bodies, 
we're not going to do it. We want that. It's it's the hardest thing in the world for me to stay away from the sweets. I yeah. love sweets. But now I'm limiting myself to like a couple of times a week just because I know that it's not mm-hmm. good for me. <laughs> so emotional eating is another really big one. All of your information will be on the show notes. So anyone who's listening can just go to the show notes and you'll find where all of Valerie's good things are. And with that, to wrap up, thank you so much. This has really been interesting and informative and I've learned tons. People that listen to the show also generally want to know what's going on here after they've listened to a podcast. And right now, uh, the nonprofit Invisible Entrepreneurs is really starting to get going. And we're going to be creating travel forms so that you can you can have in front of you items that you need to take with you when you travel so you know you've packed them. And not like me, I had to come three hours back home to get my insulin because I forgot. <laughs> If I had written it down uh, and checked it off the list, I I would have been much better off. So we're going to be having that out there on the website for anybody who's interested. Um, Also, next Wednesday at 11 o'clock Central a.m., we're going to be having the first of our monthly peer support groups, and it's called Come to the Table. And it's it's a group for women who have all types of chronic illnesses. It doesn't really matter what you have. Um, And we have a guest speaker who's going to be talking to us. The speaker next week is Erin Dowd. She is a nurse and she's a holistic health practitioner. And so she's going to be talking to us about all kinds of, of things that we can do to support our bodies and like the diet and all of that that we've been talking about today. We're going to be talking more about with her. So if anyone's interested in that, it's going to be at www.zoomwithnancyb.com. And the password is going to be bizgrowth. So hope we see you there. If you can't come to this one, we're going to be having them every month. So just keep checking out the website for the dates and we'll keep you posted. With that, please, guys, share this show and all of the others to your friends, to the people you know that could use the support, the knowledge, the experience of others to help you all get along with your chronic illnesses and keep us going. And let me know if you have topics you'd like to hear, and we will get them going for you. In the meantime, y'all, take care, get out there, be productive feel good, and soar higher. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.